You've been listening to the opening of a piece called Hero by Clarissa Saad from an album titled Archetypes, featuring third coast percussion along with the father-daughter combination of Sergio and Clarissa Saad. It's our March 2021 release on Sadie Records, and those who have listened to this series before know that every time we have a new release on CD, we have a new Classical Chicago podcast. This is episode number 42. I'm Jim Ginsberg, founder and president of CD Records, and I'm delighted that my guest on this podcast is Sean Connors of Third Coast Percussion. Hi, Sean. Hi, Jim. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it is a pleasure. So this album, Archetypes, features a collaborative composition, and we'll be talking about that a little bit more later. I should note that it is very generously funded by the Dew Foundation, and we are very grateful for that. As I mentioned, this is the latest from Third Coast Percussion. It's their fourth album for Sadie Records, and also our fourth Classical Chicago podcast featuring a member of Third Coast Percussion. The members of Third Coast Percussion are Robert Dillon, David Skidmore, Peter Martin, and Sean Connors, my guest on this Classical Chicago podcast. For over 15 years, this ensemble has created exciting and unexpected performances that constantly redefine the classical music experience. Its first album for Sadie Records, The Music of Steve Reich, back in early 2016, won the Grammy Award for Best Chamber Music Slash Small Ensemble Performance. And their most recent album, called Fields, featuring music of Devante Hines, released in late 2019, is actually up for the Grammy Award in that same category. And we'll find out the result of that, whether they've won, two days after this new album is released. The release date for this album, Archetypes, is March 12. The Grammys, due to COVID, have been postponed to March 14. So we'll all be very excited for that. So, Sean, if you could give us a short version of Third Coast Percussion's career highlights, that would be great. I should refer people to our previous podcasts with Third Coast if they want a longer version of the TCP origin story and highlights. Most recently, in October of 2019, we had a podcast with Peter Martin around the release of the current Grammy-nominated album, Fields, so you could check that out. You could also check out our very first Classical Chicago podcast back in February of 2016 with David Skidmore. And of course, Sean, you yourself appeared on our podcast of January 2018 to promote your second CD album for Third Coast, Paddle to the Sea. For now, can you give us the short version of the TCP story? Absolutely. So here's the Cliff Notes version. All four of us attended Northwestern University here in the Chicago area. That's where we all met. We were studying at the time with Michael Burritt, the percussion professor there, and chamber music was a very large portion of the curriculum there. So we all knew each other. We enjoyed performing together and studying together. We overlapped at different times. David and Rob from the group at the time were in the Civic Orchestra of Chicago. Through that organization, they formed a percussion quartet, which they traveled around the city, played educational shows, played at local colleges. When their period with Civic Orchestra ended, they decided to keep playing as that quartet. Peter Martin soon joined as a member. As the group grew and grew, more performances around the nation, educational residencies, recordings, that sort of thing. 
the Third Coast Percussion moved toward a goal of becoming a full-time job and career for the members. Around that time, so uh, this is roughly eight years ago now, there was going to be a membership change. That's when I joined the group. So I'm the last shift in personnel happened when I joined about roughly eight years ago. And around that time, Third Coast Percussion became all of our full-time job. So everyone moved back to Chicago and started working as both administrators and performers in the ensemble. Shortly after that, we had enough work and we were busy enough that we could start hiring employees. That's when our first employee, Liz Pesnell, joined us. She's since moved on. We have three other amazing employees with us currently, Reba Caffarelli, Rebecca McDaniel, Colin Campbell, and we've been lucky enough to have some wonderful experiences over the years, international touring, recording with CD, doing educational work around the country and abroad, and since COVID, we've dipped our toes in the live streaming world, which has been an exciting challenge, (laughs) uh, to say the least, and we've, at this point, I believe, live streamed about 15 to 20 concerts from our studio right here in Chicago. And we are constantly commissioning new works and trying to find new ways of creating chamber music with percussion and beyond. So that's the cliff note version. Well, and I have to say, I've enjoyed some of those live streams. They are really fun to watch. I should note also that Third Coast Percussion, like CD, operates as a nonprofit organization. CD's mission, of course, is to promote Chicago's finest classical musicians through recordings. So what is the official mission of Third Coast? The mission of Third Coast Percussion is to inspire and educate through the creation of exciting and unexpected musical experiences. So we really strive to engage a worldwide audience and stow a sense of creativity and curiosity and community through all of our music. Archetypes is certainly a great example of one of those exciting musical experiences. Can you describe from your perspective what Archetypes is and talk about how Third Coast's involvement in it came about and how the role evolved as the project progressed? Yeah, this is a very exciting project and album for us. The Archetypes are characters that appear throughout humanity's history, actually in literature, in psychology, in cultural references, and they are often associated with a personality type or a certain narrative that goes along with them. So they are characters like the creator or the hero or the sage or the magician. These characters often appear in certain roles in literature, in storytelling. Carl Jung has used the archetypes to describe personality types. We were inspired by these archetypes to create a set of music that is inspired by and embraces these different personalities, these different archetypes. The project was first brought to us by Sergio and Clarice Assad, two fantastic musicians who we had not worked with before. I believe Sergio saw a performance of Third Coast at the Ear Taxi Festival here in Chicago a few years ago and was excited by the possibility of working with percussionists. So Sergio approached us with an idea for a set of pieces based around the archetypes that were composed by himself and Clarice Assad, a brilliant multi-instrumentalist composer 
and it's a Renaissance woman, and she does it all. Sergio would write some of the music, and Clarice would write some of the music. We were over the moon <laughs> knowing that Sergio was interested to work with us, Clarice as well. And we said, yes, please, this project sounds amazing. The opportunity to perform with these world-class musicians and composers was very excited to us. And we started by reading through some of Clarice and Sergio's drafts of some of these archetypes. And we immediately got inspired to write our own. Each member of Third Coast Percussion chose one archetype to also write a piece about. And luckily, Sergio and Clarice are such amazing collaborators. They said, absolutely, we would love for you to also write some music. So it quickly developed into a 12-vignette concert program. We were inspired by 12 of the archetypes. There are more than the 12 that we chose to uh, write music inspired by. It coalesced into a really wonderful concert program and album. Excellent. Well, I appreciate that description. I will just add a little bit about your collaborators on this, the Assads. Sergio is a world-famous guitarist, particularly famous for the Assad Brothers duo with his brother, Odair, which has been wildly popular in both concert and recordings. He himself has won two Latin Grammy Awards and has been nominated twice for Best Contemporary Classical Composition at the main Grammy Awards. His daughter, as you say, the very multi-talented Clarissa Saad, has seven solo albums and has also appeared or had her work performed on another 30, including five on CD Records, counting this new one, Archetypes. I thought we would start our listening, presenting excerpts, with a piece by Sergio Assad. You mentioned one of the archetypes being the magician. So we're going to hear an excerpt from that. Is there anything you'd want to tell people about this particular piece, Sean? Sure. This one is so evocative of illusion and sleight of hand. And I, I just think Sergio's interpretation of what the magician would be like as a sound world is so perfect. It changes and it shifts unexpectedly. And there's a beautiful song in the middle of it in, in three, four time, and then it snaps back into a grooving, forward moving section. It's quite hard to play. <laughs> but Sergio is such a virtuoso on his guitar. He composed licks that he could just burn through. He could just throw away. And then he put those same musical phrases on the marimba and on the vibraphone. And Rob and I, who are playing those parts on this particular piece, had to do a lot of work to keep up with them. But it's so fun. It's such a fun piece. Great. Well, let's hear an excerpt from that. This is the track titled Magician from the album Archetypes featuring Third Coast Percussion and Sergio and Clarice Assad.
You just heard an excerpt from a piece titled Magician from an album titled Archetypes, featuring Third Coast Percussion and Sergio and Clarissa Saad. That particular composition from this collaboratively composed album was by Sergio Assad. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, you can find it on cdrecords.org, C-E-D-I-L-L-E records.org as a physical CD. You could also of course, find it in places like Amazon.com or Archive Music. And if you prefer to stream your music, it's available or will be available on March 12th, the album's official release date on all streaming services such as Spotify and Apple Music. Or if you prefer higher-end audio, there's HD tracks and Primephonic and Idagio. Basically anywhere albums are sold physically or as streams or downloads, you will find this. And I certainly hope you'll want to. Now that people have heard a little bit, what was it like performing with the Assads? It's so fun and so inspiring. Just to share the stage with them, there's so much energy. You really couldn't ask for better collaborators. Both Clarice and Sergio are triple threats. They're amazing performers. They are gifted and innovative composers. And they're also just wonderful people. This concert program had been booked to be performed all around the nation and unfortunately was curtailed by the COVID-19 pandemic. But once it's safe to perform concerts again, we're really looking forward to getting back on stage together. Excellent. And of course, it's not just collaboratively performed, it's collaboratively composed. As I mentioned, there are 12 archetypes in total, 12 movements or tracks, and Sergio composed four of them, Clarice composed four of them, and each member of the percussion quartet composed one, so that adds up, of course, to 12. I think this really shows something about the collaborative nature of Chicago's music community, and I know Third Coast Percussion has been in the center of that. Of course, the album currently nominated for a Grammy is a collaboration with the composer and instrumentalist Devante Hines, also known as Blood Orange to some. How have these collaborations shaped Third Coast's career path? They're vital. Collaboration is one of the artistic pillars of Third Coast percussion. There's nothing like bouncing ideas off another musician. When it's safe to do so, be in the room, but recently it's been online. Share ideas, become inspired by each other. Just using the Archetype Project as an example, Each one of these 12 compositions or little vignettes were composed in different ways, and some of them were highly collaborative. For example, there's a track on the album titled The Jester, which is very humorous and was essentially composed by Clarice by physically being in the room with Third Coast Percussion and giving us a script. (laughs) It's very improvisatory, but there's a narrative that it plays out. It's certainly something that Clarice couldn't have gotten to on her own, and Third Coast could not have gotten to without Clarice. There's also movements that have elements of improvisation embedded in them. They're slightly different every time, and the track that you'll hear on the album features improvisation by the different members of the ensemble. And to directly answer your question, I think it has forged both our career paths and our identity. These collaborations have forever altered the spirit of Third Coast and I think have widened our musical interests and our mission as a modern, classically trained percussion quartet. Well, you mentioned a certain amount of improvisation, and I wanted to ask you, you know, what the recording sessions were like, and specifically 
what different recording techniques were used. You know, a lot of Sadie's albums are straightforward players on a stage recorded just like you would record a concert, but of course in multiple takes. But this was a little different, right? Yes, it was quite different. And in some ways, each one of these 12 pieces posed a different challenge to the recording team. We had the amazing Bill and Elaine and Dan Nichols who helped with capturing. They were up for a lot of different challenges. So for example, some of the pieces have a, a setup that you might imagine in your head if you were to compose a piece for a guitarist and a pianist who also sings and then a percussion quartet. Some of the pieces included blowing into a bicycle horn and smacking sticks against legs and running around the studio and making all sorts of sounds in unexpected and weird ways, getting inside the piano, hitting the strings of the piano. The way that we tackled those things is we actually set up different pieces in different rooms of the recording studio so that we could isolate things in different ways and push certain things to the foreground and for example, if you crash cymbals in the same room as a classical guitar, no one's going to be able to hear the guitar. So we had to separate those sounds out. It was a challenge. I distinctly remember in the piece that Peter composed, The Ruler, figuring out how to mic Tai Chi fans. If you can picture a hand fan that you would open and close, Peter utilized those fans to make percussive sounds by opening and closing them in time. I believe that was the first time that anyone involved in this project has had to mic a fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should note that these recording sessions took place downtown in Chicago at Chicago Recording Company at the end of January 2020, a little ahead of when everything shut down, thank goodness. Since this is a collaborative composition, was there any particular plan to who got what piece, or did people just kind of dibs it, or what? Kind of dibs it. So it started with Sergio and Clarice proposing the 12 different archetypes that they were inspired by, and they brought us drafts. I think the first one we received was a sketch for the hero, and I remember receiving it and just being so excited because it worked so well for keyboard percussion instruments, for marimba. Sometimes that's not the case. If someone has experience writing for piano, it doesn't exactly translate to a marimba, for example, in the same way. But Clarice's sketch of the hero did instantly. And I was so excited that I think it got into my inbox and I recorded her a little video on my phone in like 10 minutes. <laughs> so when we met, I think we had about four to six of the sketches already done. And it was originally, the intent was that Sergio was going to write six and Clarice were going to write six. But as we started working, Third Coast got really excited. We started to be able to see the project in a holistic way, like what characteristics weren't represented already uh, with percussion, there's a giant arsenal of sounds that you can draw upon. So what instruments from our collection weren't represented yet that we did want to include into the project? The four of us in Third Coast, with the remaining non-composed four yet archetypes, we just called dibs. I know that David had a sketch of a beautiful slow arc piece that he wanted to use for the lover. And Peter had an idea for the ruler that was very majestic and slowly building and had a lot of drums in it, <laughs> something that was very powerful. And Rob composed a beautiful piece that, to my ears, sounds like the music of George Crumb, actually, for the sage. And then I was inspired to compose a piece for the creator, 
And I don't know why this popped into my head, but when I thought about creation or the myth of the creator, I thought about the stars and the solar system and also creating something using very simple materials, so something very elemental. And so I combined just a very simple melody that you could whistle, that you could easily hum. And I gave that to Sergio to just play very simply and then ornament as he would. And then I wanted to feature a very, very simple instrument. So there's an instrument that is used by handbell choirs called a tone chime. And a tone chime is a percussion instrument that you really can't get more basic than it. It plays one pitch. It only plays one note. And you hold it in your hand. When you make a striking motion, a little clapper hits a metal chime. So it's called a tone chime. And it has a very pure sound. I was inspired to just create a very, very, very simple melody out of tone chimes for the creator. And to me, the sound of the chimes sounded like twinkling stars and a slowly expanding and creating universe. Well, that's a wonderful introduction. Let's hear some of that then. So here's an excerpt from Sean Connor's contribution to the Archetypes album as a composer. This is Creator from Archetypes featuring Third Coast Percussion and Sergio and Clarissa Saad.
we've just heard an excerpt from the piece titled Creator from the set of 12 pieces known collectively as Archetypes, which is the title of the new album by Third Coast Percussion on CD Records, March 2021 release. Also features the father-daughter combination of Sergio and Clarissa Saad. As we mentioned earlier, it's a collaborative composition, four pieces by Sergio, four by Clarice, and four by the or one each by the individual members of Third Coast Percussion. Sean, can you talk about Third Coast's evolution from, quote-unquote, just performers to performer-composers? Sure. There's an inventive and adventurous spirit (laughs) in most percussionists. Our repertoire is very, very varied. And in terms of notated classical compositions, it's younger than other instruments, for example, There aren't composed percussion quartets by Mozart or Beethoven, for example. Our repertoire, we often have to forge ourselves, and that involves collaboration with composers, and it oftentimes means composing ourselves. So at Northwestern, for example, we were all encouraged to try our hand at composition. It's a requirement, actually, in our sophomore year to create, to compose a short solo for a multi-percussion setup. And David specifically has always been really drawn to percussion. David has a lot of compositions. Some of the first music that Third Coast Percussion played were some of David's compositions. And they've been uh, performed by a lot of other groups around the world, actually. As we grew as a performance ensemble, we kept being presented with the same challenge of a piece that does fill in the blank. So for example, we would have a wonderful mixed repertoire program, but we didn't just have a short closer that was high energy, um, that was on a set of instruments that were already on the stage. (laughs) Uh, Percussionists always have to think about the amount of uh, stage footprint that they're taking up. Adding another instrument oftentimes uh, adds a lot more work. So we started composing pieces ourselves that would fit into our programs. For example, Peter composed a piece that featured all the different timbral possibilities of four players playing on two marimbas, because we often have two marimbas on stage with us for a concert program. And we played that piece quite often. Rob composed a piece that you could fit on one table for wooden slats and resonant small pitched metal discs called cotales. We've slowly but surely developed a pretty substantial repertoire of pieces that we play that are composed by Third Coast Percussion. One of our biggest projects that feature music composed by us is our album on CD, Paddle to the Sea, which was co-composed by the four of us to be incidental music to a film by the same title, Paddle to the Sea. Again, to relate back to how collaboration has guided us, that experience of co-composing a large-scale work together has really shaped us and has given us more confidence as composers. We feel comfortable taking on a project where we are both the performer and the composers. And I should note that Paddle to the Sea is the subject of Sadie's Classical Chicago podcast number 15, also with Sean, the numbers incidentally of the other two Third Coast percussion featured podcasts are number one, the very first one, and number 32 for the last album, Fields. And you can find these, by the way, on the Sadie Records Spotify podcast page. All 42, counting this one, episodes of Classical Chicago are right there for your enjoyment. So I hope you want to check that out. To bring it back to the current project, why focus on these ancient character types in, in modern times? What relevance do you feel they have for us today? 
Well, for me personally, I think these archetypes are really about stories that appear again and again throughout humanity's history. And they certainly play out in similar manners today. And by engaging with these stories and these different character types, we are engaging with our own collective history. This is a personal opinion, but I think it's absolutely vital for us to use history to inform everything that we're dealing with in today's modern times, especially with all the challenges that we're currently facing in 2021. So these very general archetypes, these very generalized character types are still relevant. They're still present in different types of storytelling and different narratives. And they were inspiring for us to create a new way of retelling stories that have been with us for centuries. As you were preparing this project, both for performance and during the recording sessions, did you talk about these characters as you worked on the pieces? Yeah, actually, we did a lot. Carl Jung, the psychologist, used the archetypes to describe different personality types. And there's a whole bunch of fun online tests <laughs> that you can answer a bunch of questions and then they'll tell you what mix of the archetypes you are. And I think it was Sergio and I shared <laughs> like 99.9% .9 of the traits. <laughs> that was a fun green room conversation for all of us to take these tests together. I would say that discussing the archetypes themselves and these different characters informed the order, how we constructed the concert, like what moods could prepare the next uh, thing that we choose, how it would help the flow, what would be needed after an intermission, for example. And we thought that the gesture was so fun and lighthearted, that character would be a nice way to start the second half, for example. But it most informed our performance decisions, uh, how we would interpret the music that we were playing. For example, the sage, the character of the stage is very thoughtful has almost a mystic quality to it. So for that movement, we really took our time and we really sat in the silences and let sounds ring all the way out and just enjoy the timbres that were floating in the air. Whereas on the other hand, the hero, the image of a hero <laughs> to me always is like someone riding on their horse, like off into battle or, or something like that. You know, someone on a hero journey. And the energy of the hero seemed perfect to open a concert with and informed the project as a whole, but also small musical choices that each of the six of us made while performing it. I'm glad you mentioned that about sound, because I have to say, this is a truly spectacular sounding album. The work of the engineers and the producer, producers Elaine Martone, the session engineers were Bill Malone, Dan Nichols, and Jonathan Lackey. Bill Malone did the editing, mixing, and mastering as well. And it really is absolutely stunning. And I know your colleagues were at some mixing sessions, because obviously mixing these very different instruments together, something as loud as drums with something as quiet as guitar, I'm sure was a challenge. Oh, yeah. We couldn't have asked for a better team, Elaine and Bill, uh, especially in the mixing sessions. We had to do it using software that allowed all of us to communicate in real time and listen to the tracks. After the session that we were physically together in the space recording the instruments, we then had to mix it together. And I'm not sure this would have been possible a few decades ago without the technology that we currently have. We used technologies that allowed Bill to be in the studio in downtown Chicago, Elaine to be in Cleveland, and different members of the ensemble to be scattered throughout Chicago in their homes, dialing in and listening to things in real time. That was a new, interesting challenge. It was very cool to be a part of that. 
and I would say that I'm just very appreciative of the spirit of adventurousness <laughs> that everyone in this project had because it is asking a lot of a sound engineer to say, okay, this small instrument that was designed to be a child's toy <laughs> needs to sound epic and otherworldly <laughs> and needs to carry an entire piece. You can do that, right? <laughs> Thanks so much for uh, commenting on the sound, Jim. I entirely agree with you. And the sound engineering and production team did a fantastic job. Well, we've heard now pieces by Sergio Assad and you as a member of Third Coast Percussions. The third piece we're going to hear will be by Clarice Assad, who, as I mentioned earlier, has a history on the CD label. Her music appears on two different albums by the Cavatina Duo on an album by violist Matthew Lipman, and prior to this, an album with the Chicago Sinfonietta. But she's not just a composer. She is, as you said, multi-talented. Can you describe some of the things she did just at, at these recording sessions? Oh, sure. Clarice played piano. She played bass guitar. She sang she whistled. She kept everybody's spirit up. <laughs> and this track, her piece, Hero, you'll hear her, some of it improvising along with and on top of guitar improvisations and composed music with her father. There's a few opportunities in the album where Third Coast said, why don't you two just improvise a little bit together? <laughs> but it was too good an opportunity to pass up. Clarice has a background as a jazz musician and Sergio is also an incredible improviser so there were moments where we would just be on a coffee break and we would hear them just fiddling around together clearly singing and maybe playing bass guitar and Sergio playing his guitar and we we're like oh my gosh this has to be featured on the album somewhere <laughs> so we opened up uh, a portion of this piece the hero for Sergio and Clarice to improvise a little bit together. Now, you've mentioned improvisation a couple times now. How much do the performances of these pieces vary from one concert to the next? really depends on which piece we're talking about. Some of them are entirely composed in a very excruciatingly detailed <laughs> manner. <laughs> and it has to be done the same way each time. The gesture, for example, I would characterize as just very fun performance art. It's, it's very physical and a concert performance of it. We're actually moving around the whole stage and dancing together and a lot of humor involved in that one. There's a musical score, but we don't play the same melodies every time. We don't play the same rhythms. There's a wide range, but probably wider than any project that Third Coast Percussion has been involved in, to be perfectly honest, certainly in terms of an album that we've put out before. This, I would say, has the most improvisation involved in it. Well, since you mentioned gesture, that opening jest of gesture on that Jews harp, is that written in or was that one of the improvisations? The way that we sculpted it was diving into the weird instruments themselves. <laughs> so we wanted to choose instruments that were fun and almost humorous to see a performer play, but also just the sound itself is unique and might be lighthearted. In the creation of the gesture, Clarice had a whole plan and then essentially came into Third Coast Percussion Studio and we just dumped out a whole bunch of small instruments onto the floor and played them for Clarice. And she said, yep, that squeaky toy is hilarious. It's going in the piece. <laughs> you know, that piece of plexiglass that Peter is flexing back the force that's making a waka 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 sound, that's hilarious. <laughs> that needs to go in the gesture. Uh, Clarice had the idea to start the whole thing off playing a jaw harp, which is a small metal instrument. It has a very twangy sound quality to it. 
because you in fact play it by twanging <laughs> a small piece of metal in your mouth. If you hear the sound, you might recognize it as present in some Appalachian music, for example. Once Clarice started in with that, it just opened up a whole world of fun, twangy noises. <laughs> the second noise that comes is an instrument that has many names. It's essentially just a piece of bamboo that has a slit in it. It's called a cricket collar or a devil chaser. And I grabbed those off the floor of the studio as soon as I heard Clarice playing her jaw harp because it also has a fun, twangy quality to that. Then it just evolved from there. Excellent. The piece of Clarice's we've chosen for this podcast is Hero. So if people want to hear Jester and the other tracks on this album, you'll just have to go out and get it or stream it when it becomes available on March 12th. In the meantime, is there anything more you'd want to say about Hero before we let people hear it? This one's just really fun. It's high energy. It's groovy. It feels like a celebration to me. It's really fun to play this one. And actually, since the pandemic started, and it wasn't safe for all six of us to be in the room, we wanted to make sure that we were still playing parts of this project. And so we got permission from Clarice to arrange this track just for percussion instruments. So there's a version of this in existence that's just Third Coast playing all the parts on percussion instruments. Clarice uh, was very pleased with the result of that, I could add. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Let's hear the full version of Hero Now. This is from the album Archetypes featuring Third Coast Percussion, Sergio, and Clarice Assad.
You just heard Hero, one of the 12 archetypes on the album titled Archetypes by Third Coast Percussion, along with Sergio and Clarissa Saad. That particular composition was by Clarissa Saad. And if you've been enjoying what you've been hearing, I will remind you that the album becomes available on March 12, 2021. You can get it on Spotify as a stream at that point, or Apple Music, or high-end audio places like Idagio and Primephonic. If you want the physical album, and it's a really beautiful package, you can get that on the CD Records website, C-E-D-I-L-L-E records.org, or Archive Music, or Amazon, or wherever you like to get your albums. Available to download on iTunes as well, of course. So I hope you want to check that out. Well, now that we've heard a piece or excerpt representing each side of the album, that is a piece by Clarice Assad, a piece by Sergio Assad, a piece by you as a member of Third Coast Percussion, what should listeners take away from hearing the program as a whole once they do? I would encourage anyone who interacts with this album to really give themselves the opportunity to let their mind wander and be inspired by each one of these small little universes that are created. I feel like these pieces are related, of course. We're playing similar instruments, so the sound world is is similar throughout, but we really try to create pieces that both flow into each other but could be extracted and stand on their own. And if someone heard it, they would say, yep, that sounds like one interpretation of the magician or the creator or the hero. And it feels like, to me at least, each one of these pieces takes a few minutes and really establishes a world and lives in it. So I would encourage anyone who listens to the album to create their own narrative, their own story to each one of these archetypes. Maybe try to make one big story. I'd love to hear what people come up with. I did that myself when I was interacting with each one of the 12 pieces. I didn't get too detailed. There was a small, vague narrative (laughs) for me as a performer, which each one of these. And I think the beauty of music, especially music without text, without words, is that you can create your own narrative. So in the program notes to the album by Third Coast Percussion members Robert Dillon and David Skidmore, they note how this past year has forced all of us to re-examine our identities and confront the roles each of us play in the stories in which we find ourselves and hopefully remember what connects us all as humans. So that, I guess, is another take on what this album is inclined to do. You mentioned as part of Third Coast's how you're dealing with the COVID crisis, the many live streams you've done, and I've had a chance to catch some of those programs, uh, and they're really enjoyable, particularly fun watching the one featuring Danny Elfman, (laughs) who has composed a piece for your next Sadie album, which we're very excited about. What other ways has the ensemble been dealing with the inability to do live in-person concerts? There's been a lot of challenges, just like everyone else in the entire world. We're dealing with the challenges that have been presented by this unique time. The way that we've been dealing with it is we've been trying to plan as much as as we can, but remain flexible. Last calendar year, we were thinking that we might be able to tour this past fall and this spring. And many of our engagements have been either canceled or shifted onto online platforms. We are doing a good job of focusing on the silver linings and the skills that we wouldn't have otherwise learned, honestly, if this crazy year didn't happen. If we had not had the opportunity to learn how to live stream from our studio, we would not be interacting with certain audiences right now. We are amazed when people on the chat during a live stream say, hi guys, love what you're doing, listening from 
Thailand or mm. <laughs> Brazil or Saudi Arabia. It was like, oh my gosh, that's incredible. I can't believe we're reaching those people right now. Some of the educational work that we've been doing during this period has involved multiple teachers co-presenting some concepts that we've worked on in real time from different time zones across the country with a group of students that we've never physically met. <laughs> and all of that is super inspiring. And I think that once it is safe to go back to live concerts, which we're all yearning for, of course, we're going to keep some of these because they become amazing ways of interacting with people. Not the same as a live concert, but great in their own manner. We love the fact that we're able to reach folks who might not physically be able to attend a concert, even if things were safe to do so. People in assisted living homes or people who are just too busy or can't afford to go to a concert, all of these things. So we're trying to focus on all of the positives, all the lessons that we've learned from this past year. Yeah, I feel very much the same way. For example, Sadie Records had to do its annual gala online this year on Third Coast Percussion of course, was featured on that. Thank you so much for that, because people really enjoyed your performance. We're hoping, since our gala is in the fall, that we'll be able to go back to an in-person event, but we plan to incorporate the live stream for at least a portion of the event as well, so that we can continue to reach people in different states and around the world, rather than limit it to those who can travel to downtown Chicago on that date. And with that in mind, what are Third Coast's future plans, I guess, in the next few months where everything will still be online. And then as things open up, certainly we think by next concert season, 21-22, hopefully we will be back to live concerts close to normal. So what are in your plans? Well, we're going to continue doing live stream presentations from our studio. We've made a more or less one-to-one commitment to any engagement that was supposed to happen that was canceled. We're going to present a concert from our studio with the intent of reaching that audience who was supposed to have the concert, but then opening it up to the rest of the world as much as we can. We'll be doing several of those throughout the spring. As you mentioned, we are going to go back into the studio again, and we've already started in on our next album for Sadie, featuring the music of Danny Elfman, another incredible collaborator, a multi-talented composer, performer, who seems to have the most interesting (laughs) career history of any musician that I've ever met. Uh, Danny Elfman has been a rock musician, a renowned, internationally famous film score composer, and also, especially recently, has been writing concert music. So that piece is super fun, and we're excited for that to be on our next Sadie album, along with music that we commissioned for a large-scale dance project. That project is called Metamorphosis, and it features music by Jay Lin, who is a composer who works in the electronic music world. She composes using a digital audio workstation and has been one of our favorite collaborators that we met in recent years. Uh, Jaylen came to our studio, did something very similar to what we did with the Asads, pulled out all the instruments, recorded them, then composed uh, seven different movements in her digital audio workstation platform. So we've been playing her music a lot and uh, presenting it as part of a dance project called Metamorphosis, which will continue to air quotes tour, (laughs) present online, and then bring around uh, in person when we can. And actually, just to relate back to a previous question about things that we've learned, we've been doing a lot of composer workshops, new commissions that we're going to be developing over the next few years, actually, and we've been doing them virtually. So yesterday, we were conversing in real time with Gemma Peacock, a composer who is based in New Zealand, which 
before this year, we would not have even known how to do that. <laughs> so uh, we're creating a new piece with Gemma, Missy Mazzoli, and several other composers who we're excited to be workshopping during this period of all virtual interactions. And just to put a time frame on this, I should note that we're recording this podcast at the end of January 2021. You mentioned that there will be future performances of archetypes. Are you actually programming those into your 21-22 season? Yes. Talking about calendars these days, as I'm sure everyone who's listening can understand, is extremely fluid Mm -hmm. (laughs) because things just move around. So I don't think I can name a specific date where we're be presenting the full project, but I can say this might be in the past if, if people are listening to it now, but there might be a, a way of, of checking it out online. On February 20th, we're going to be having a Third Coast Percussion online fundraiser, and it'll feature some of the pieces from this album, The Archetypes, with performances by Clarice and Sergio that we're piecing together as we speak. We're recording it all separately and we're piecing it together for a, a virtual side-by-side performance. Great. I look forward to that. Finally, we always like to talk about, as you are a Chicago ensemble, about the importance of Chicago as a musical center. We talked a bit about some of your collaborations here in Chicago. What, in addition to that, makes for you the Chicago music scene so special? It feels like a family. It feels like a big, encouraging family. For example, I am currently recording this podcast in a building where not only Third Coast Percussion is based, but right below us is another amazing ensemble who's recorded on, say, D, 8th Blackbird. And down the hall is a adventurous new classical mixed group instrumentation ensemble, Del Niente. And We're constantly interacting, helping out, sharing instruments. Anecdotally, the string quartet based in Chicago, Spectral Quartet, they live in my neighborhood. So I drop instruments off at their houses and (laughs) we watch each other's cats when we are away on tour. Feels like a big, wonderfully supportive community and family, I think is the best way of describing it. Feels like a special city because of institutions like, say, D or new music series that exist here, or full-time performing ensembles, such as 8th Blackbird or Spectral Hortet, who I mentioned. We like to think that Third Coast Percussion is in that category, and of course, Clarice and Sergio Assad. On a personal note, I grew up outside of New York City, and Chicago feels like an international city where you can just maybe catch your breath a little easier (laughs) than in a metropolis like New York City. And Third Coast Percussion is able to do things in Chicago that I think might not be possible in other cities such as New York. For example, having the space that I'm currently podcasting in, which is a big office, and on the other side of the wall is a big rehearsal studio with a a whole bunch of percussion instruments in it. And I know from colleagues and friends who live in different cities that that's a special thing that doesn't exist in a place like Manhattan, for example. Well, as a fellow native New Yorker who has now lived in Chicago for nearly 40 years, I would echo those sentiments from Sean Connors, a member of Third Coast Percussion. The full group is Sean Connors, Robert Dillon, Peter Martin, and David Skidmore. And they are the featured performers and composers, along with Sergio and Clarice Assad, on this new album on CD Records, being released March 12, called Archetypes. And it has been my pleasure to talk with you about this really exciting album. I hope people will want to check it out. 
Thank you so much, Jim. We're really proud and excited by the project, and we're, we're so happy that this idea is supporting it and putting it out into the world. Thank you so much for everything. Well, thank you, Sean. Uh, this has been another Classical Chicago podcast from Sadie Records. Thank you for listening.